Bin ich ein bisschen übersteuert? Ja, ein bisschen. Hallo, hallo, hallo. <lacht> hallo, hallo, hallo. <lacht> das klingt voll bescheuert. Audioaufnahme. Test 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3. Bom, bom. Did you get that? I'm so also, ich verstehe nur Bahnhof. You only understand train station? It's all Greek to me. Understanding train station. Living between cultures with Josh and Phelan. Welcome back to another episode of Understanding Train Station, guys. This is Josh. This is Feli. I am a German living in the US. And I'm an American living in Germany. <laughs> we, we need to practice our introductions. But we did it last time, so I figured, like, let's do it yeah, again. Yeah. Let's say who we are. Yeah, welcome back. Exactly. Welcome back to a new episode. Um, I feel like, yeah, it's Thanksgiving today, right? I was thinking, like, I feel like it's coming out close to Thanksgiving, but no, this episode yeah, yeah. is actually coming out on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. I so, actually am organizing a Thanksgiving for like, or like a Friendsgiving for a whole bunch of my friends here. On um, actual Thanksgiving? Yes. And I <laughs> I think I got a, too big of a turkey. Um, <laughs> so I, I got it from the Viktualienmarkt. I went mm -hmm. and I ordered so it there. So that's a big like farmer's market in Munich. Like exactly. So fresh it, market. Might, it might be a little overpriced, um, but we'll see. Uh, or I, to be honest, <laughs> this is a bad habit of mine. I don't look at prices. I was a little overwhelmed by just the thought of getting a turkey. And then, so I just showed up and I was like, okay, I need a turkey. So I asked the lady, yeah. do you guys have turkey? And she said, yes. I said, great, I, I'll take one. And she said, well, how, how, big, do, how big should it be? And with, I, I was done after that question. I didn't know how to answer. I was like, I've never made a turkey in my life. Oh, really? Um, no. So I'm, Wait, I'm stressed about that. But we had a Friendsgiving at your place one time here in Cincinnati, and there was a turkey. And it Teresa caught fire. It. Oh, okay. Yes, it did, it did catch fire. <laughs> and that, that was not Teresa's fault. That was the issue of the oven not being yeah. clean. Um, so <laughs> I just wanted to that. put that disclaimer. Teresa is a great cook. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she was the one who handled most of it. So oh, really? Even exactly though you're the American. Interesting. Because mm -hmm. like yeah. Germans don't usually make turkey, really. I mean, we make duck or chicken. I mean, I don't personally because I don't eat meat. But like... That's, I think, what people usually eat, but turkey isn't really common at all, so. How big do you think the turkey is that I ordered? Is it, you, I mean, it's way too big, apparently, you said, so. Mm -hmm. I don't know, do you want me to do, like, hand gestures? No, in kilos. <laughs> in kilos, okay. So that was um, also an issue. She asked me how many kilos it should be. Oh, okay, that's I don't difficult. think in kilos. Right. So let's see. I have no clue how much like a regular turkey would be. Let's let me compare it with my cats. Maybe <laughs> maybe it would be like a three kilo turkey. Nine. More or less. Nine. Oh, no. Oh, I thought you said nine. <laughs> As in nine. Oh, the my God. Nine. Um, what? Nine kilos. Mm -hmm. That's like nine liters of water. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is, it's a big group um, that's going to be here, so I think it'll be enough. But, I mean, I just went off of her recommendation. She asked how many people were going, yeah. and I told her, and then that was her recommendation. So I said, okay. How so big does it look? I, I haven't gotten it yet. Oh, okay. You just ordered it. Yeah. yeah. Because right. the, the issue is my... I have a German fridge, right? I don't have a big American yeah, fridge. Yeah, that's true. So I can't, I can't keep it in a freezer or yeah. in our refrigerator. So I, I'm going to pick it up the day of. Yeah. And then I'll be surprised how big it is. So it could end up being a, um, a Thanksgiving without a cooked turkey, but we shall see. So I'm stressed, but it'll be so fun. So are you going to be cooking all day? I mean, you 
probably have to mm. work, right? Because it's not a holiday in Germany. I do have to work, but we're working from home. Yeah. Um, and the thing with the cook with cooking a turkey is it's not just, really it's just yeah you just leave oven. it in yeah yeah so okay. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm stressed about exciting. that, but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, that's like a really cool thing. I bet like all of your friends are really excited for that too because it's a real American hosting mm -hmm. that because the tradition of Friendsgiving, for those of you who don't know that, it's kind of a thing here at least, I would say in this generation. Maybe it's been a thing for several generations. I don't know. But when I first came to the US, it was a thing that people were like, yeah, we're getting together for a Friendsgiving. And I was like mm -hmm. invited to all these different Friendsgiving, Friendsgivings by different friends, friend groups can't talk right now um and yeah people would just get together usually everyone brings a dish or like brings something for like kind of a potluck situation so like buffet basically um and yeah usually there is a turkey there's some traditional thanksgiving food like casseroles and yeah. um what are like mashed potatoes gravy exactly. things like that um But you like you celebrate it with your friends and it's usually these Friendsgivings take place like in advance. So mm -hmm. the weekend before Thanksgiving or even two weekends before and then on actual Thanksgiving, obviously people spend that day with their families because it's a very important family holiday mm -hmm. in the US. But um, in the past few years, I noticed like on Instagram and stuff that Germans have started to pick up that tradition of doing a Friendsgiving, even though in Germany Thanksgiving isn't even a thing. But mm -hmm. people kind of, I think, take that opportunity um, to just get together with their friends. And I think a lot of people try to do American dishes and like yeah, actually yeah. make a turkey, even though they've never been to the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> well, that so that was the funny thing. Like I made a list of things because people were asking what they can bring. And I made a list of the traditional dishes. And then I said, if you guys need recipes, just let me know. Yeah. Um, and I can get my family recipes or you guys can look stuff up online. Yeah. But now I'm like having to deal with having to translate recipes from uh, like American format in the sense mm -hmm. of how you do recipes based off of volume to doing it or like helping my my German friends or European friends understand what the recipe really means. Yeah. But that that's a topic probably for another week is cooking differences between the two oh. two countries countries. Yeah, that could be a topic for a whole episode probably. Yeah, that's that's really annoying sometimes especially when you have a recipe from your country and then you get there and you're like, "Oh shoot, it's in cups or it's in mm -hmm. milliliters or whatever." Um But yeah, I mean, certain you can, ingredients that I can't get or that yeah. are difficult to get. Yeah, which I think you mentioned that before. And mm -hmm. like, what was it? Um, you wanted to make Buckeyes one time. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. was it for Skyline Chili as well, I believe. And for Mexican stuff. Probably. Didn't you? I feel like, yeah. I mean, that all sounds like a plausible. Yeah, I think you said for Skyline there was something that you couldn't get. Um, oh, yeah, the ground... Um, What do you need, like ground turkey or something yeah. for Skyline? And you couldn't, you could only yeah. get ground beef or something. Yep, 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 yep. exactly. Yeah. There was, there was something there that you told us before. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's that topic. Um, today, the day that you're listening to this probably, or the day that this episode comes out, is Thanksgiving. So to everyone, happy Thanksgiving, especially yes, to the Americans, but also to the Germans. Um, I actually didn't go to a Friendsgiving this year, which is... Oh, that's sad. I don't know. Feels feels weird. Yeah, but like, I, was I invited to one? I actually don't know if I was invited to one. I feel like people kind of, at some point, stop doing it as much. Like everyone kind of gets busy with their adult lives. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> once you get out of like the college phase, um, I think that makes more sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that starts to be less of a priority. Yeah, I think I want to do it next year if yeah, I'm still here. But you'll um, you're you'll be celebrating Thanksgiving. I will, yes. Right? Yeah, like on actual Thanksgiving, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but like not this like just young people mm-hmm. um, Friendsgiving, you know, like where it's it's really not that traditional. I feel like a Friendsgiving is really more like you get together as friends, you kind of drink usually a yeah, little yeah. bit, maybe play some games. And then a family Thanksgiving is always a little bit more, you know, official. But- I was going to say, official and adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, kind of depends on the family, I guess. But yeah. I've actually celebrated in different families before because I was, like, invited to. A lot of people feel bad for me. They're like, hey, mm-hmm. you don't have family here. Like, hey, do you want to come celebrate with our family? So I've been in different families before. And I feel like, yeah, it really just depends on the family's tradition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How is it going to be for you, Josh, um, not being it's home good. for Thanksgiving? It's going to be weird, I think. Um, I don't know. It's already weird celebrating Thanksgiving here because it's colder than it usually is in Ohio or in Cincinnati. So for me, it feels closer to Christmas just based off of the temperature. Mm. Um, so it's all, like I said, it's just weird to celebrate Thanksgiving when it's so cold outside. Um, but generally, I don't, I don't think it'll be too difficult. I mean, I, I miss my family and it'll be... Um, sad to see pictures of them posting stuff on Thanksgiving without me, but um, I'm also I have something to look forward to um, with celebrating Thanksgiving with my friends, and then I'm also going home for Christmas. So I think yeah. knowing, with those two things, it's not going to be too difficult for me. Yeah, I always feel like it's so different because um, I think in Germany too, we're used to hearing the term like have. Uh, well, what do you even say? Have nice holidays? No. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what What do people say? Happy holidays. And like um, in Germany, that really just means Christmas, like Christmas mm-hmm. holidays, as in like die Weihnachtsfeiertage, which are like we have several like national holidays around that time. Um, mm-hmm. But here it's like really Thanksgiving and Christmas is often included I would... into that, I feel like. Yeah, because people I mean... talk about the holiday season. Yes, they do. But to me, and this is just my perspective, Mm. so if you're American, let me know as well. But to me, Happy Holidays does not include uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. For me, it's the holiday season, including, and like, these are the holidays that you always learned about growing up. Um, Christmas, uh, I was going to say, yeah, Kwanzaa Mm -hmm. and Hanukkah. Mm -hmm. And those are the the three main holidays. holidays that take place during the holiday season Mm -hmm. and when i say happy holidays to someone that would be what i'm referring to yeah i might have also just like kind of it might it might not be that sentence that people say to each other but i feel like people talk about the holiday season a lot and Mm -hmm. like because thanksgiving and christmas is so close to each other it's like one month apart basically um for example a lot of people will like in school like people sometimes don't even bother kind of coming so they go they travel home to their families and then sometimes i've heard people say yeah it doesn't even really make sense to come back in between because i'll be going back in two weeks anyways for christmas break so i'll just be staying and take my like especially last year for example like i'll just be taking my finals online um so that's like it's like the pre-christmas season kind of thanksgiving kind of kicks off like after thanksgiving for me at least is when like the holiday season starts, yeah. but it's like the precursor. Yeah, but I feel like in Germany, and I'm, I'm kind of jealous of that. Well, I get mm-hmm. it here now, but um, in Germany, there, it really just starts with the first Advent Sunday. That's mm-hmm. when like the holiday season starts. But here I feel like you have Halloween, which we talked about at the end of October. Then literally one month later is Thanksgiving. So 
the whole month of October, you kind of prepare for Halloween. You have the decorations out. Then a lot of people switch to like fall decorations, kind of. Some people even start with Christmas decorations already. Then mm-hmm. it's like the whole kind of anticipation towards Thanksgiving. And then right after Thanksgiving is when you start going into Christmas mood. So I feel like that yeah. whole last part of the year in the U.S. is just full of different celebrations, different decorations, etc. I we We actually just had a big... I won't say fight because it was all in jest and, and good-hearted um, about when we put up de- Christmas decorations in our uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was very adamant about the fact that I will not be eating my Thanksgiving dinner with Christmas decorations up. Okay. Yeah, um, but see, that's a very American thing. Yes, exactly. And I <laughs> yeah, said, if you, really guys, if you guys want to join me at my Thanksgiving dinner, then you have to abide by my rules. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys setting the Christmas decorations up afterwards now? We'll After see. After Thanksgiving? Okay. <laughs> there wasn't a, 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 a conclusion, a, okay. a, an agreed upon conclusion at this point. We'll see. Okay. So we, I feel if like... we get bored, we I might give in, but yeah. um, it just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, I could see that. I feel like in Germany, it's really common to have the Christmas season start with either the first Advent Sunday, which in this case would be the mm-hmm. Sunday after Thanksgiving. So what is it, November 28th? Um, or December 1st, when like you open the first little door of your mm-hmm. Advent calendar. But today we'll actually be talking about something completely different um, because we have a guest today. Uh, you probably already know who she is because it's in the title. Um, we'll introduce her here in a second. Her name is Antoinette Emily. You may have seen her YouTube video. She's from New Zealand, living in Germany. But before we get into that, um, of course, we have our sponsor, Lingoda, again. So for all of you language learners out there, you can save 40% with our custom link that you can find in the info box or in the show notes down below. So if you click on that and sign up for Lingoda that way, um, yeah, you can get 40% off either of the first month of the monthly subscription or the marathon courses. And if for some reason you don't know what Lingoda is, um, we talk about them every single episode but um yeah they're an online language school where you can get one-on-one or group lessons for either english business english french spanish and of course german and it's a really great way of learning a language because first of all all the teachers are qualified teachers certified they're all native speakers so you really you know first of all you can ask them all your tricky grammar questions mm-hmm. like why is it like this why do you have different genders in german or why does the uh, adjective ending change every time like you can ask them all of this and they can explain it but also they can answer you all the colloquial questions like how Mm -hmm. would an actual German or an actual French person say this in real life and they can also help you with cultural questions so you learn a little bit about culture as well yeah and one of the great advantages that Lingoda has is their flexible online learning hours Um, you can take classes 24 7 so no matter where you are in the world there's always going to be a class that you're able to sign up for and participate in and I can only just reiterate what Feli said regarding the native speakers it's such a huge plus and um, that's one thing that's really unique about about Lingoda and I can say from my personal experience that it's something that has helped me further in my language learning um, experience French. <laughs> with French. Yeah, the cool thing is also that you can basically design your own course with Lingoda. Um, you can pick whatever topic you want to do. You can also go into different um, levels 
what do you call that? Schwierigkeitsgrade? Yeah, dif different levels. Difficulty so, levels. <laughs> difficulty levels. If you're like a beginner or an advanced learner, for example, if you're really good at speaking, you feel like you can take like a higher advanced course for that. Um, but if you feel like you really struggle with certain grammar issues, then you can take a more of a beginner course for that grammar um, topic. So it's just a very flexible way of learning. And what they offer right now, um, because we talked about the sprint in the past, right now, um, the last sprint is already taking place. But you can either do the monthly subscription where it's just really flexible learning. You can cancel it or change it anytime. And the prices start at only eight euros or $9.50 per class. Or you can do the marathon courses where you commit up front. They have either a three, six or 12 month option. You pay up front and you can actually earn cash back with that, which is really exciting. So if you follow through with the marathon, um, yeah, you can get money back in the end up to 400 euros, which I want to say is like 400, what? $80 or something around. Yeah, I don't know what the that. current exchange rate is, but that's a nice little pat on the back to get um, after you've completed the course. Yeah. So for those of you who want to learn a language, just click on the link down below, save 40% on your marathon courses or the first month of your monthly subscription. And there's even a seven day free trial. And now let's jump into our conversation with Antoinette. So we're here with Antoinette now. Um, welcome to our podcast. We're very happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, we just talked about it before we started the recording that we had both been watching your videos. And you also mm -hmm. said you were like a little starstruck, which feels so Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. That's I can't so believe you've we. been watching my videos. <laughs> yeah, so were we. Like, I, I mm -hmm. love your videos because they... Um, they have like a lot of the topics that I obviously talk about on my YouTube channel as well, just with a different country because you're from New Zealand, not from the US. Um, but then also you have a different background a little bit because you have a family, you have kids, you raise them in Germany. And so those topics are always fascinating to me because I have no experience with those topics in either country. So that you did grow up in Germany, so you can relate in a way. I can't relate and, to like the and German that's interesting yeah. for me is getting to hear that type of stuff because I have zero experience with that. Yeah. But it's so also maybe, fun to hear. Maybe that's something you'll experience in the future. We'll see. We, we shall see. Yes. <laughs> Time will tell. So basically, before we even um, dive deeper into any of these topics, we just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of introduce yourself because we really just said that you're a New Zealander who lives in Germany now and you have a YouTube channel, but yes. there is like more to you. So, um, yeah. Who are you? Where in okay. Germany are you located? And where in New Zealand are you from? Okay. So my name is Antoinette. As you know, I am I'm a New Zealander born and bred in New Zealand, born and raised. Um, and I come from a beautiful little wine region called Hawke's Bay. It's on the east coast of the North Island of New Zealand. It's also a coastal wine region. Okay. And That's so I cool. have <laughs> beautiful. I've never heard of it though. Yeah, well, most, because... most people haven't, and okay. a lot of people haven't actually heard of New Zealand, which that actually does surprise me. But um, In Germany, wow. people haven't heard of it? Not not so much Germany. Most, most Germans have heard of New Zealand, okay. but mm -hmm. um, when I was in the States... Yeah, I was going to say, a, that sounds like ago. an American trait. <laughs> yeah, well, not, obviously not all Americans, but yeah, there were exactly. a few that I met who had never heard of New Zealand. That's really funny because that really ties in well with our last episode where we talked about... <laughs> the biggest cliches about the US and Germany and which of them are true. And I think yeah. we talked a little bit about how many Americans don't know a lot about the rest of the world and that kind of fits in there a little bit. And <laughs> is it true that they only learn about the states in, in history class and 
It's not necessarily true, but there's definitely a large focus on on the U.S. Um, when it comes to geography. Um, I know, like, you can take European history courses, and then you obviously learn some about um, European geography. But I think I learned most of my European geography, for, or even world geography, through language classes. So okay. my German class, really learn, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, there's not a huge focus. You learn about it and you have some exposure, but it's not a large portion of the curriculum. And maybe because the United States is so huge that there's so much to cover. So yeah. I think that might be a reason. Yeah. But, um, anyway, where was I? Um, uh, sorry, I totally interrupted you. Were you. Oh, no, that's from. fine. <laughs> so yes, I come from a, well, I already said that I have been living for the last 11, just over 11 years actually mm -hmm. in Germany. And I live also in a winery region um, called Lower Franconia. So it's mm -hmm. it's in Bavaria, but more specifically Lower Franconia. So it's in, more in northern Bavaria, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also a, a very beautiful area. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of home, but it's also, di you know, it's different. Nice. And I have I have three children. I have Amelia, who is eight, Matteo, who is five, and Luca, who is he'll be coming up one. Wow! Uh, Congratulations! So, yeah. Thank you. Yes, this sounds <laughs> like a lot of work. It's mm -hmm. a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of hustle, but it's it's mm -hmm. it's all good. Um, and I'm married to a German Polish guy. I guess you could say mm -hmm. he okay. was he was born in Poland, but he has spent the majority of his life in Germany. So. Okay, so he's yeah. also bilingual then, I'm assuming. Trilingual. Or trilingual. trilingual. Yeah, with, <laughs> yeah. with English then oh. too, yeah. Yes, yeah. Polish was his first language, um, but Germany he can uh, German he considers to be his mother tongue because mm -hmm. he's lived here since he was really really young, since he was around five six. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm gonna jump the gun because now I'm just in intrigued. So sure, which, ling friend. which language does he speak with your children? He speaks German. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. We we initially wanted the children to learn Polish, English, and German, mm -hmm. but Paul, he doesn't feel very comfortable he, he can I would say he's fluent in Polish but mm -hmm. um German is the language that he dreams in he mm -hmm. yeah. you know it's, it's German is language his, yeah exactly and it just it didn't work out with the Polish unfortunately yeah I feel like it's always really difficult also if you naturally speak English with your children and he naturally speaks German like it's not a lot of struggle um that's always yes. like kind of easy like that you know mm -hmm. you don't have to put a lot of work into yeah. that but <laughs> yeah. I know that whenever you have to put effort into speaking another language with your children that's oftentimes really difficult like I know exactly. for example for Germans who live abroad and the relationship language is English for example um, and they don't live in the country where they would speak their mother tongue um, they often like basically miss out on teaching their kids yes. their native language because it just doesn't it just doesn't happen in everyday life and so it's really a lot of work that you actively have to put into yeah doing definitely that. I have actually got a good example of that because I have, um, my uncle married a German lady. She's mm -hmm. been living for around over 30 years in New Zealand oh, wow. and her children did, she initially wanted to rise, raise them with both languages and it just, it didn't work for those, yeah. the reasons that you mentioned. And later in life, one of her sons moved to Berlin and mm -hmm. lives there now and had to learn German from scratch. And it's just so That's annoying. Crazy to think about. If, if she had known that, then she would have probably put in more effort. Yeah. But it's exactly. also, it's also funny that 
there's another German person in your family. That seems to yes. be a theme there, like Germany and New Zealand and your family. Is, do you know where your heritage is from? My heritage, I, my father, he's no longer, he passed away many years ago, but he was Lebanese, 100% mm. Lebanese. So, um, and on my mother's side, it's all English, Irish, but I did do that DNA, the DNA test. And mm. apparently I'm almost half Italian. So I don't know where <laughs> they came from. <laughs> so I, I don't know how accurate that is. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe from, ah, who knows? I was going to say the Lebanese no, size. No size, idea. Maybe, who yeah. knows? <laughs> but no, that's cool. But I, I was going to say, I mean, I feel like there is somewhat of a close relationship between Germany and New Zealand in general. At least I feel like there are a lot of Germans who have been to New Zealand or talk Definitely, about going to New yeah. Zealand. And how is that perceived from the New Zealander or the Kiwi perspective? Like, do they always feel like there are a ton of Germans coming to their country? Yes. Would you say that that's well, like a stereotype? I think they're always well. I think New Zealanders are very welcoming and we, we, it's... There's, there's people from a lot of different countries, not just Germany. So we have a lot of a lot of people from um, Sweden and Norway and, and Germany. And um, it's just sort of part of, I just grew up with backpackers and mm -hmm. just, you know, it's, um, we, we welcome them. <laughs> yeah. yeah but I didn't have, I didn't know a lot about German culture, but I was sort of, I was used to sort of seeing Germans and hearing German in the supermarket and but I, I couldn't have told you if it was German or Dutch. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is kind of similar. But that's also how you met your husband, right? If I remember correctly from your videos, he traveled to New Zealand, right? He did. Or he was yeah. there for work or what was the story there again? <laughs> he he just decided to have a year off. Um, okay. and um he had absolutely no commitments. He was only how old was he at the time? Twenty two. He turned 23 in New Zealand and he traveled over to New Zealand with a couple of his German friends. And it was, I, I didn't even have Germany. It was not even on the radar. Like mm -hmm. I, um, I met him at a bar, just, I wasn't even planning on going out that night. And I was in the middle of um, exams and I was at teacher's college training to be a teacher. And yeah, I just, I met him just randomly and yeah <laughs> the rest is history pretty much fate you know that's like Absolutely. a lesson for us is listen to your friends when they say come to us come with us to the bar <laughs> yeah you, ne you never know yeah. what night is going to change your life because now it's you're true. in germany <laughs> unbelievable like when i really think about it i could have i could have even gone to a different bar and i wouldn't mm -hmm. have met him and i wouldn't it's everything would be different so yeah. right what a sequence of events yeah, unbelievable, actually, yeah. Did you guys think about staying in New Zealand together or was that not an option? We, we did, actually. Okay. Um, he completely fell in love with New Zealand and mm -hmm. he, he wanted to stay there. And we tried to extend his visa, but um, it wasn't possible, I think. In New Zealand, mm -hmm. we have very, very strict immigration laws. Mm -hmm. And um, so once his he was allowed to stay for one year and that, that was it, so... Mm -hmm. We, yeah, we applied for different visas and they were all rejected. And so when his, when the year um, was up, then I decided that I would come to Germany with him just so we could be together for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And that was our only option of being together. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we did. And that's how, how I ended up in Germany pretty much. 
So that wasn't even the plan from the beginning that you would live not. there? Nothing, okay. nothing has turned out to plan, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> That's how life goes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's just, what, what's that saying? Life happens when you're making other plans or? Yeah, yeah. something ah, like that. Okay, I interesting. Something like I, that. I, I haven't heard that, but that, I mean, it, it's very fitting. It's it's amazing because I don't, I don't regret anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it, it's been a crazy ride, crazy adventure and... I'm pleased. I'm pleased that I went out that night. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. How did the visa situation for you work out then? Because um, I know that that was going to be my from, next question too. So, for most countries, you can just be on a tourist visa for at least three months or something yeah, in Germany, that's right? What I and then out on. I started out on a tourist visa, and um, so basically, I just wanted to come just for a bit of a, a holiday. I was I was finished with my my studies, um, and we didn't, we weren't super serious. Like we were just boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. Yeah. And over the course of that three months, we realized we, we can't be apart. We need to figure mm-hmm. out a way to stay together. And initially we decided that we were just going to get married, which is absolutely crazy when I look back, but that was what we thought was our, that we thought that was our only option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we late, later found out that I could apply for the same visa that Rob was on in New Zealand, but just in reverse. So there's sort mm-hmm. of like a partnership between Germany and New Zealand, but not a lot of New Zealanders go to Germany for a working holiday. Um, and so I applied for that, but it was very, very hard to get. I hmm. had to go multiple, multiple times to the immigration office and had to, print out everything and they didn't believe me that there was such a visa and it was very stressful and I had to prove that I had a certain amount of money to last for the year and um, there were all sorts of requirements and I finally got that visa and I was allowed to stay in Germany for a year and and during that time we did get married because we thought what's going to happen when that year's (laughs) over and he, he would not be allowed to go back to New Zealand and I would not be allowed to stay in Germany. So we that was kind of like a backup getting married. <laughs> That's crazy. crazy. You're saying they didn't know that that visa existed? No, even they didn't. They're the immigration they office. It's just so, it's, yeah. it's so typical, Behörde, like Ausländer Behörde. You, you, yeah, I had a similar situation when I did my internship in Germany because I didn't actually need to have like any sort of permit because I had the, the um, approval from the... Uh, what's it called employment agency or the employment office saying that my internship was approved. So I didn't have to apply for any sort of special title and the people at the Ausländer Behörde didn't believe me. And then we had to like do all of this research together and then they're, Oh wait, you were right. Like exactly. That's exactly what happened they're supposed to, to be the experts. Yeah. yeah, they are. And that, oh, they were so mean. They were so, Oh gosh. It's yeah. It wasn't the best experience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband when everything was sorted no that's it I probably shouldn't say that um, that's a story my husband was not very polite to them um yeah sometimes and, we all have short fuses <laughs> I mean not honestly really. that I feel like that is a good um reason to get mad because they're supposed to know these things that's what they're there for you're not supposed to make do research that for them like do their work for yeah them. it was very frustrating and every so. time I went I found felt like I was just just such a nuisance like it was they were just like mm-hmm. oh god not again oh, not gosh. again yeah, yeah I'm honestly glad I don't have to go through all of that in Germany You're I'm so not saying 
like the U.S. is easier because like it's very difficult in the U.S. and you get treated really, I want to say like roughly in a lot of cases, but at least they kind of know what they're doing. Yes. At least in my experience. And I just wanted to ask you, you won the green card lottery. Mm -hmm. Is that so that you're allowed to stay for good in in the States now? Are you... Pretty much. So, like, the green card really gives you, yeah, it's kind of similar to a citizen. I can't vote. Um, I, I don't think I can join the military. There's, like, certain restrictions that... Um, so, more like a, um, a permanent resident? Yeah, I'm yeah. a permanent resident. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what it is. And um, the green card itself expires after 10 years, but you can just renew it if you okay. still qualify. So, they can kick me out of the country for certain reasons still. Or if, for example, I were to leave the country for, I, I think, more than half a year at the time without telling them in advance, um, they can also take the green card away from me. I'm pretty sure it, all of that also applies for the D German Niederlassungserlaubnis, so the, the permanent residency uh, that you can apply for here in Germany, that you mm -hmm. can't leave the, the country or the, yeah, the country for a longer period of time without informing them. Okay, um, I, I did not realize that and I'm a permanent resident, so that's, that's really good to know. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, um, at least for the U.S., it's like you can leave for a certain period of time, I think like a year or something like that, if you ask them in advance and um, request a re-entry permit or something like that. Okay. And I think you can only do that once, though, not 100% sure. But if you do that without telling them, if you just leave for over six month, months and then you want to come back, they're going to question your permanent residency at the, at the border. So they're going to be okay. like, so... Why are you a permanent resident if you don't permanently live here and you just left the country for such a long time? And so can can you become a citizen after a, after a certain think, period of time? Five years, I, I think, um, I can apply to become a citizen. I honestly don't know all the details because okay. for me, that's My kind sister of far is a away citizen, still. is a U.S. citizen. Oh, really? Yeah, she's married ah. to, to an American. And, oh, your um, family is so international. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're all, we're, I've got five, four siblings and we're scattered everywhere. Really? That's crazy. Um, yeah, so she's been living back, in New York. For nobody's six. back in New Zealand anymore? One brother lives down okay. the road from my mom. <laughs> yeah. So Your poor anyway. mother. <laughs> my poor mom, I feel so bad about it. But she, wow. she's cool. She's cool with it. Oh, gosh. Hold on. My printer just turned on. <laughs> oh, you're good. Just a second. Okay. I think it's okay now. Yeah. And you said that your sister is in New York. She's in New York, yeah, in um, Brooklyn, Park Slope. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, she's been married to an American for the last... Uh, seven yet eight years maybe coming so up is eight she years. A citizen? She's a citizen. She had to go through the whole process and the big yeah. ceremony and yeah, she's very patriotic. Yeah, circumstance. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So is she only an American citizen now, or does she have to? She she's allowed to keep her um, New Zealand citizenship, which is awesome. But yeah. I I'm not unfortunately. So, so that was going to be my next question. Okay. Um, is regarding like so I think you mentioned your you have your Niederlassungserlaubnis or your permanent yes. residency. Yeah. So, as a citizen of New New Zealand, would you have to give up your New Zealand um, I would, passport? Yeah. Which yeah. is really okay. unfortunate. I'd love to be a German citizen, but it's yeah. I'm not prepared to give up my my New Zealand citizenship. Yeah. My yeah. passport, so no. Maybe this will change. I hope. I hope. Who that knows? It would be nice. It would Get be with the really program, nice. Germany. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, but they do you really know what? Should. I don't know if it's on New Ze No, it's in, on Germany's side. I think New yeah. Zealand allows it, but Germany doesn't. At least yeah. that's yeah. that's the situation between the the U.S. and Germany. Is that the U.S. will allow it, but Germany doesn't? 
Yeah. yeah. So I technically, if I were to become an American citizen and apply for it in a few years, I could request um, to keep my German citizenship as well. Okay. It's not guaranteed that they allow it, but if like you have to submit a certain like what's it called like a special request or something yeah. like that, um, that you still have close ties to Germany, etc., and then they can allow you to keep the German citizenship as well. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth giving up your German citizenship. I would um, never. No. Yeah. Away. No. So now that we've been talking about citizenships, maybe moving a little bit more towards. Towards, that's not a word. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know what you mean. <laughs> towards uh, cultural differences. Um, you kind of mentioned it somewhat when you were talking about your experience with the foreigner's office or whatever it's called. Uh, how has how that transition for you of dealing with the German directness or is it a, was it a big transition for you? It I was mean, huge for me. Yeah. Because unfortunately huge. from the American perspective, I feel like we don't really know much about um, New Zealand in general either. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, someone didn't even know it was a country. Yeah. Um, so as far as like the openness and the friendliness, I assume it's relatively similar to the US because I feel like Anglophone countries are, are all relatively similar in that regard. But yeah. What, I can what, what definitely relate it? culturally to the US. Um but in saying that, uh, there are quite a few differences, um, but it's quite hard to pinpoint those differences. I think Kiwi culture, um, New Zealanders have this sort of, um, sort of everything's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. Just um, relax, just mm -hmm. really chilled and just um, very, very friendly mm -hmm. like Americans. Um, but just how do I explain? Um, you never would tell somebody that you're having a bad day or you would, mm. if somebody asks you if you want like a piece of cake, you'd say, oh, no, 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 thanks. But you really want that cake that you expect that person to know <laughs> that you actually want it. Okay. And um, if you say no, they just keep insisting. Do you want, you uh, know, okay. oh, come on, have it, have it, you know? And it's just, my husband really struggled with that in reverse. Mm -hmm with the New Zealand um, fakeness, he called it. Um, he didn't know where he stood with New Zealanders. He found it a little bit too, was just like a lot of games that we culturally understood, mm -hmm. but for somebody coming to New Zealand um, who weren't maybe familiar with the culture, they, they I've heard that it's quite hard to mm -hmm. know what's going on. <laughs> um, and so in Germany, just the directness at first, I. I was quite shocked by it <laughs> and I thought of it as in something negative. Um, I've grown to understand German culture and I, I love the directness now. Mm -hmm. Did your husband kind of prepare you in advance? A little bit. Um, and also my, my German aunt who I, mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. adore her and I've grown up with her. And she has always been very direct <laughs> um, in the way that if somebody gave her a Christmas present that she didn't like, she would actually give it back and say, <laughs> which that's, that's, couldn't get more know, German. <laughs> that's extreme. But so she sort of prepared me in a way, but I thought that was just her. Um, yeah. And so I realized not all Germans are that direct, but um, that sort of prepared me. And also Rob, um, he, I would say he's a typical German in his, um, He's, he's very, very German. So, and I obviously fell in love with him and I, you know, so he did, um, 
I guess getting to know him, that prepared me a little bit. But mm. hopefully I'm, I'm making sense here. But yeah. in, I think I remember after being in Germany for maybe, I think it was maybe my fourth month in Germany, I was in a cafe. And the waitress, I don't know, something, it just triggered me. She was very, very, I thought she was being really rude to us. And I burst out crying because I think I was really homesick. I was just, I was very homesick and it just kind of, I don't know. She, she didn't see me crying. Well, hopefully she didn't. And Rob was like, what, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And I said, she was so rude. And he said, Mm -hmm. no, she wasn't (laughs) like, what did she do? And I just said, she was just, just not, not polite to us. And he was like, Mm -hmm. are you, are you serious? Like what? Yeah, I, we, we, in New Zealand, we expect this sort of five-star treatment and when mm. we're, it's, it's just, dif- it's different. And if I, someone isn't over, overtly friendly, then they're inherently rude. Yes, exactly. And it's not, now that I, I've come to understand German culture, it's not that they're rude. It's just, it's just German culture. It's mentality right. and mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, I, I struggled initially. I even had that same experience, like coming back to Germany the first time or even now sometimes. I know that I had a situation even with you around, Josh, where like I or wait. Yeah, that handsome Glück um, time one time when we uh, sat in the rain and it started raining and we just like walked oh, yes, inside. And, we, yeah, and they were uh-huh. so rude we to us. Tables. They were like, you can't just switch tables. And we're like, we were sitting outside and it started pouring and nobody yeah. came to like take us inside. Excuse Reverse me. Reverse culture shock. Like yeah. I also get feel almost offended by it, even though I grew up with it, obviously. But mm-hmm. I have started to love the politeness and the friendliness and the customer service so much get, in the US. You and used I, to it and you expect it after a while, yeah. Right, and I don't see a reason why, especially wait, waiters and waitresses or in other customer service situations, Germans have to be that unfriendly. Like Yeah, it doesn't up. cost you anything to be to be nice, you know. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, customer service in, in Germany was a huge culture shock for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what I... I have to say, Germans who have travelled, like like yourself, Philly, um, living overseas, I I find Germans who have travelled very very different to Germans mm-hmm. who have lived in Germany their mm-hmm. whole lives. Um, and so, I I wouldn't consider you a typical German. I hate to stereotype, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would hope that I'm not a typical German because I, I would feel offended by that almost because um, there's a lot that <laughs> there's a lot that I <laughs> there is a lot that I even like growing up in Germany never liked about being German. Like I feel like a lot of Germans, even if they never left the country, I mean, except for vacation, we all kind of go on vacation in Germany. But um, if they never lived anywhere else besides Germany, we still don't consider being typical German a cool thing like if you okay. say oh du bist typisch deutsch that's kind of more of an insult in a that's way it's really interesting yeah because if in in new zealand if someone says you're a typical kiwi it's like yeah that's cool that's a point you of know? pride mm-hmm. it's the same it's, thing in the u.s yeah yeah that's yeah that's really interesting i mean it kind of um, depends on the context i would say like for example if it's in the context of engineering or efficiency or something yeah. like that i'm sure it would be taken as a compliment but usually if you say oh this is so deutsch or du verhältst dich gerade so deutsch like you're really behaving stereotypically german right now that is usually that means oh you're really uncool like socks and sandals okay. kind of stuff you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
really interesting yeah yeah um were there any other culture shocks that you ran into that that really stood out to you besides just the friendliness or that were hard for you to to adjust to i i struggled with the winters mm-hmm. um I and my husband actually he whenever I say that Germany is dark in the winter he tells me that New Zealand is just as dark in the winter that I just have forgotten but Mm. I feel like Germany is particularly dark and gloomy in the winter and I do I don't know if I'd call it seasonal depression but I do Mm. feel like the weather affects my my mood and I, I struggled with I did struggle with the winter um and initially the German food but I've grown to love it. Um, what in particular? I I really I love sauerkraut. Um, when I first, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we, so funny. I, I would have it probably once a week. I really really. I like have it. sauerkraut like maybe twice a year or maybe yeah. once a year. I okay. never eat sauerkraut. <laughs> <It's> so- <laughs> I've had more sauerkraut in the U.S. than than in Germany. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I um, I hated it when I first tried it, but I've I've grown to love it. Also, I love German sausages because in New Zealand, sausages are filled with bread and fillers, and mm-hmm. I I have celiac, so I can't have gluten. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. I can autoimmune um, reaction to gluten, mm-hmm. and so I was I was never able to eat sausages in New Zealand or the states. Or I've lived in Australia. Um, I just sausages were just off the menu, off the cards for me, mm-hmm. and in Germany. Basically, every sausage is gluten-free. And so I, I, yeah, I really love sausages. And what else? Um, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> no, I Do you remember what you hated in the beginning? I hated sauerkraut. I hated <laughs> oh, okay. the flavor of sauerkraut. <laughs> um, I didn't like the amount of meat that you, in a typical German restaurant, I found it a little bit too heavy. Yeah, um, like the mm-hmm. traditional the restaurants, yeah. And I... I miss the vegetables and, um, but I'm talking about traditional German food. Right. Of course I was going to say, find, yeah. You can find everything in the supermarket. What about like regular non-traditional food? Because I mean, obviously we don't eat just sausages and sauerkraut. No, of course day. not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, I did find in New Zealand, we eat a lot of lamb and beef and I, it was quite hard for me to find that in Germany and it mm. was very expensive. But in saying that, groceries in Germany in general were significantly less expensive than in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. It was just certain items and um, yeah, just red meat I really missed. Um, mm-hmm. And I wasn't a fan of the pork. Um, and I think pork is a really popular meat in Germany. Um, yeah. But basic, you can get basically everything. And when I first moved to Germany, I felt that they were very behind on the gluten-free products, but mm-hmm. have since caught up. Yeah, I think yeah, I feel like now, now that's really definitely great. yeah, that's definitely a thing now. But you said you came here, uh, came here, came to Germany um, eleven years ago, so that's yes. a long time. And I a feel lo- like a, a lot, lot long of, time ago, over yeah, a lot of this stuff, especially like regarding gluten, lactose-free products, and of course meat-free products like meat substitute products, yeah. has changed so much just oh, in the last like yeah. few years, last I don't know three, four, or five years maybe. Yeah, lots of vegan products and vegetarian, and yeah. So kind of like. A random question then, it just was making me think of this. Go for it, I'm an open book. Well, you were talking about, I mean, you've been here for 11 years. How often do you go home to New Zealand? Or Um, home to New Zealand, I say back to New Zealand. That's a little bit of a, um, I don't mind you asking, but it's, uh, I don't want to cry. Um, I haven't been, I haven't been back for five years. 
Oh, wow. Five years, yeah. It's, it was never planned to be that long. Um, mm. I, I used to go back every year um, before I had kids. And even when um, my first two, like when my second child was born, we we were planning that to go back every year. Like Amelia's mm. been to New Zealand three times. Um, but it was <laughs> absolutely horrific, the trip over with my baby, yeah. with, with Mateo when he was three months old because it's a uh, 24 hour plane ride. Oh gosh. Um, it's in two, yeah, it's, it's 12 hours to um, either to South Korea or Singapore, China. Mm-hmm. And then there's usually a little stopover and then you catch another plane and you feel like after the 12 hours that you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just, you've reached your limit after the 12 hours yeah. and then you have to jump on another plane and travel 12 hours again. And it's, yeah. it's, I can't like it's it's like giving birth (laughs) like having a baby it's like you it's horrific Uh that you do it again and again and again you know like um you just kind of forget how bad it is but that was a really difficult trip it took me over a week to get over the jet lag because my baby wasn't sleeping and I was it was really rough and so we left it a couple of a couple of years and right before the pandemic hit we were planning on going back yeah and so it's been a couple of years now and we haven't been able to go back and it's we're just waiting we want to go back as soon as possible but New Zealand have shut the borders so it's not possible right now damn yeah fingers yeah I was gonna say fingers crossed that that changes soon I really I really hope so yeah my family haven't met Luca yet and my mum usually comes over every year and Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I've seen really... her in one of your videos before. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she, um, she's she been many times to Germany and mm-hmm. it's really, really hard. She can't visit my sister either and she can um, leave New Zealand, but she can't get back in without paying a horrific price for managed quarantine. Mm-hmm. You need to stay for two weeks in a hotel room that is yeah. basically like prison. You're allowed out for an hour a day in like a caged area. Mm-hmm. It's and it's really yeah it's i it's quite controversial but i i think it's ridiculous at the moment like it's what's happening but the thing is new zealand we don't have um just say i don't know new zealand did really well at the beginning we had absolutely no covid cases because they they had a strict lockdown and you can do that because we're so isolated in New Zealand. We're so far away from everywhere else. And that managed, um, yeah, that I think New Zealand, they were really happy that they were the only country in the world that had no COVID cases. Mm. And then they had the second, what do you call it? The second wave of COVID and it got a little bit out of control and they freaked out and we don't have the, um, intensive care, um, we don't have enough room in the intensive care units to cope with yeah. it. And it's, yeah. And I think that's the only way they could manage it is to just basically shut the borders, which I think is pretty unfair to yeah, I, citizens. No. Yeah. I, I think I wasn't, I mean, we heard about it in the media in the U S and then in Germany, but now I have a roommate who's Australian. Um, it's and the I mean, same in Australia. Yeah. yeah very similar exactly. Situation. Very similar situation. And it's just crazy. Like, I mean, even crossing between state, state borders in Australia right now is difficult or not yeah. even allowed. So it's just crazy because I mean, yeah. in the US, most of the things are just recommendations. Yes, most of the exactly. Measures that they have, but yeah. 
yeah, it's it's pretty tough knowing that I can't get back into New Zealand. And that was something that um, one of the reasons I felt I was happy to live in Germany because I thought, you know, if worst comes to the worst and I had to get home, it's only 24 hours, you know, mm-hmm. and I could yeah. see my family in a couple of days. And I always, it just didn't seem that far away when I could do that. But now it's, yeah, it's been really difficult to accept. And I am hoping that, you know, it can't go on forever. Hopefully not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it, it won't go on forever. That's, that's for sure. But that sounds extremely tough. Even what you said, like yeah. traveling with your kid for 24 hours. I mean, Under we normal all, circumstances. Three, yeah. <laughs> but we all know like what it's like just traveling by yourself only for like, what's like the longest trip I've taken to Germany, maybe like 17, 18 hours or something. Yeah, and usually that's, and that's not all flight time. time. Yeah, no, that's like with with layover time and stuff, yeah. and that can already yeah. be very exhausting. But that's it's like already pretty rough. Yeah, that's like much shorter than what you have to do, and that's without a child. And we all yeah. have seen kids on planes, and <laughs> I always feel so bad when there's a mom oh. and the kid just keeps crying and they can't do anything yeah. about it, and then everyone gets annoyed. Like I always suffer with these people. I know I you like, get the look when you walk home with your kids, and no one wants to sit next to you. And <laughs> and I think my kids, they have been very well well behaved on the flights it's just the Mm -hmm. whole just the whole process it's it's really really rough the sleep deprivation and the jet lag and the yeah yeah of course i mean i get cranky when i when i'm on a plane for (laughs) like eight hours straight so i I can only imagine what a kid would feel like and i didn't take any of this into consideration before i decided to um you know let Rob take my number at the bar. <laughs> so it's just, I took none that of wasn't this. part of the calculation. It wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. No, I wasn't thinking yeah, about any of this. When we decided to get married, when we decided to have our first child, none of it. <laughs> That's, yeah. So kind of back, putting yourself back in the position when you were in the bar um, and met Rob. So did you know any German at all when you, when you first came not. to Germany? No, I didn't, um, because it was basically a spare of the moment decision to come. Yeah. And I started trying to learn German. Um, I can't even remember. Was it um, was it Rosetta Stone or I, I started and it was just in the, for me, it didn't come naturally um, mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. I'm not I'm not a, I don't have a gift with languages like you, Josh. <laughs> um, and so I tried a little bit and Rob tried to teach me a few things, but it was I couldn't even, um, when he, he would say a simple word and I, I just couldn't hear the sounds like mm-hmm. it just, and he keeps, I would think that I was um, repeating it perfectly and he would tell me it was completely wrong. Yeah. So it was, it was very, yeah, it was really daunting. It was not a language I was familiar with. You sort of hear it in the background sometimes in New Zealand in the supermarket, mm-hmm. but it sounded like, as I said, I couldn't tell the difference between German and Dutch. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which makes me, it's so, how ignorant of me. But I just, um, in New Zealand, we we don't have the option of learning German at high school. Um, mm. We only have, I think, there's Spanish, Japanese, um, and our native um, language, which no longer is extinct now, Māori. Yeah. It's like our um, na- native language of New Zealand. Yeah. And so, there, yeah, there was Japanese. Japanese, French, and Spanish, but there was no German. So, what did you take? Did you um, I I learned a little bit of French, but I didn't carry on with it. I was okay. sort of more into the arty subjects, and you had to choose between sort of the languages and the arts. And, okay. Yeah. So then you come to Germany. You don't speak much German, and you're struggling with the language. How has the and, language 
Yeah. Oh, oh sorry. No, no, I just no, wanted ahead. to no. say that um, my husband's family speak Polish at home, <laughs> and his his sister is deaf, one hundred percent deaf. Oh wow! Wow. So yeah, and That's so difficult. I, and when the, this probably sounds crazy, but when I first came came to Germany and I, we were staying with Rob's family, I couldn't tell the difference between German and Polish, <laughs> and they are so obviously very very different, you know. Uh, Polish is a Slavic language, and mm-hmm. um, I, I so very quickly was able mm-hmm. to um, tell the difference. But uh, yeah, they were just speaking Polish at home, so I was like immersed in Polish, and he was speaking Polish with his family. And then we'd step out the door, and then I'd hear German, and mm-hmm. yeah, that would be confusing. But honestly, like, don't feel bad for that at all because I feel like um, Dutch and German, especially, like, does sound very similar to each other. Yeah. So well, it doesn't now. Totally <laughs> it, yeah, it right. Does, to me, it doesn't now, but at the time, um, and you know, I'm, I'm just being honest in it. it yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it does sound ignorant, yeah. No, I don't think it sounds ignorant. That's what I'm trying to say. Exactly. I don't think it sounds ignorant either. Especially, I mean, it's all a matter of exposure, too. You know. Exactly. And I felt this overwhelming guilt. Like I did not want to be that foreigner that just spoke Mm -hmm. English. It just, it really, I really struggled with that because so many people were bending over backwards to speak English with me. And Mm -hmm. I, I felt so embarrassed that I couldn't speak German. Yeah. Yeah. It's been an interesting journey. It's been, um, I went to uh, German language school and that was part of my immigration process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, when I was applying for my um, permanent residency after I was married, one of the requirements was to take an intensive German integration course. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just a language course. Um, and mm-hmm. so I had to, you know, learn all about German history and culture. And um, and so I was, it was like for six months, every day I would go and it was a full immersion course, no English. Every just day? For six months. Uh, no, well, every day, five days a week for a couple of hours. Um, but still, yeah. like, that's very intense. Yeah, yeah. it was really, it was. Um, How were so people was, supposed to work during that time? I, they were very, very strict. Um, and they, I just, I had to go. Like, there was no question about it. Was it in the morning or was it in the evening? It was in the morning. And I was working as a nanny for okay. um, a German family at the time. And I had to fit that into my crazy schedule. Yeah. Um and so it was the best thing I could have done. I, I remember crying, fi- finding out that I had to do this course, mm-hmm. thinking it was just going to, it was just, just absolutely terrible. Like the worst thing that could happen, but I'm so pleased I did it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I could get to the, just starting from scratch, you know, but it was very difficult because I remember my first day, the teacher just speak. I felt like everybody in my class were completely fluent which looking back I'm sure they weren't <laughs> but um and I didn't I didn't know any I knew a few basics that I learned myself with Rob mm-hmm. but um hardly anything and I remember the teacher speaking to me in German and I, I literally could not answer her and I switched to English and she switched back to German and I I I cried my first day. How rid- gosh I I'm not usually a crier but some of these experiences um Really I mean, it's, a, me it's almost limits. traumatic, you know, I mean, 
It's, yeah. it's something that you wanted and that you needed to go through, but it still can be very overwhelming. I can't imagine moving to a country where I don't speak the language and then being forced to go into a situation like that. Yeah, um, and I feel like you, even you and I, Josh, and everyone out there who has ever lived abroad for a longer period of time, even if you spoke the language, even if it was like an English-speaking country, for example, um, you're always in situations where you feel like crying, even if you're yeah. a grown-up, because it is a very... Like it can make you feel very lost and it's very interest, like It's interesting hearing that from you, Philly, because oh, to me, sure. your 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 English is you sound like a native. Like I can't even detect it. Yeah, it's not it's not just the language though. It's also just the cult. You'll you'll find yourself in cultural situations that you might not understand. Like things are different. You the might slang not know. And the, yeah, yeah, that. But also, you might not know how to get gas. You might not know how to just do certain everyday things that used to be normal for you back mm-hmm. home. And then you're suddenly in this new country and you feel lost in a lot of situations. It's so yeah. true. Um, and the funny thing is, my husband, like Rob, when he came to New Zealand. He had a completely different attitude. Um, he mm-hmm. His English wasn't very good at all when we first mm-hmm. met. He spoke very, very basic English. But he had this attitude like he just didn't care what people thought. And he just mm-hmm. he came to New Zealand. He said one of the main reasons was to immerse himself in the language. And he loved it. Like he loved mm-hmm. um, having... Um, sparking up like just random conversations with strangers and he actively did that and I gosh I wish I had that attitude from the beginning I'd be yeah it would have done wonders for me but in saying that he had basic English before he came um yeah yeah Quick in between question about him: Does he speak with a New Zealand accent when he speaks? I was English? just wondering that too. <laughs> I'm he, sure he does. Certain words that he said that certain words um, you can definitely tell he has that Kiwi influence. Okay. Uh-huh. It's really funny in my my group of friends here. Um, a lot of them, most of them, are married to Germans, and their husbands all have the accents. And we're from everywhere, you know, the United States, from the UK, from Australia, and it's so uh-huh. funny because it's. Um, he he doesn't um, speak English like you, Philly. He doesn't have. He, you can tell he's German, but he okay. does have a little, a few words. So uh, he has I was the say, German and the New Zealand accent, basically. Yes, yes, he does. I would say, but it, he doesn't have a strong German accent anymore. He okay. did when we first met. Yeah. Do you have? Can you give us some example words that he uh, he would say that sound very Kiwi to you? I think with our vowels. Um, yeah. Us, like the words maybe any. Okay. Any, um, yeah. he would say it like that, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that's interesting. I love that. <laughs> that's so cool. I kind of wish I could um, adapt these different accents because I can't. I can't really do that. I can't it's even. So cringe. I cringe when I hear myself speaking because it's it's not an accent you hear every day in the media. Um, so it's even a shock to me sometimes when I hear really? myself in my video. Mm. I don't like to watch my videos really. It's I funny love now. your accent. It's Thank funny you. Now, you. now that I live with another native English speaker who, but isn't from the U.S. It's it's always I don't know if if this is true for you as well, Antoinette. It would be interesting to know. But I almost feel like a tension. Like obviously we understand each other, no problem. But it just feels weird because my accent is so different than yours. I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, and it definitely. I mean, I've gotten used to it now, but. Um, also, when he has some Australian friends here as well, so then when I my accent is in the minority, I'm totally not used to that. Uh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I've definitely experienced yeah. that. I but have no clue what you mean. I was going to say, I, I don't, no, I don't feel, feel that way when bit. I speak. I don't feel that way when I speak with um, 
Austrians when I'm speaking German. So I can, it makes sense why you wouldn't feel that way, Phoebe. But, but there's, there's such a contrast between the Aussie or the Kiwi accent and the mm-hmm. American accent. Well, there, there are many different American yeah. accents, but... Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously we don't have that many German accents, but I feel like when I speak to someone who has like a really strong um, Sächsische, like Sex, yeah. is it Saxonian? What is Saxonian, it? Saxonian, yeah. Saxonian accent or like, yeah, a very heavy Austrian accent. Even, even a, Fran- a Swiss. Franconian accent in my area yeah. in the villages, yeah. you know. Or like even a, a Swiss um, dialect where I can hardly understand a word. I don't think I've ever experienced what you just described, Josh. Yeah. Maybe it's just yeah. because I wonder we're more used if it's to because it. you speak you speak the standard German. I don't I don't know. I think you're right though because there are more dialects in German and it's something that you're more used to. But but I just yeah. think there is such a contrast between our accents. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, for sure. Yeah. Completely random point, but just <laughs> it just was something I, no, I was thinking of. So, but so totally Antoinette, what's your German like today? Do you live most of your life in English? I would assume that you definitely have to speak some German here and there, like or oh, of course, like? yeah. No, I I only speak English at home, basically, mm-hmm. um, with my kids, and I do that intentionally because mm-hmm. I I'm raising them bilingual. Yeah, that's um, what we talked about earlier, and yeah. so I. <sighs> The problem is I, I'm, I'm getting there with speaking German on my YouTube channel, but I'm just, mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't built up the confidence quite yet yeah. to do full videos in German and it's just, um, but no, I speak a lot of German outside the home. I've caught, of course, like I, my kids go to school here. I'm making appointments in German. I'm, okay. I don't speak English um, ever to Germans unless they initiate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does okay. that happen to you still a lot where you speak German to someone and then they'll reply in English because they can tell yes. that you're not a native speaker? Yes, definitely. Because I'm not, um, I don't have um, that exceptional talent like Josh of, I, I can't, I can't get rid of my accent. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know if I ever will, because even my German aunt, um, she, you can, she's got a thick German accent and she's yeah. been living yeah. over 30 years. It's just some people have that talent. And are fine tuned to they can just I don't I don't know how you do it Josh but um, <laughs> so for me that's been something I've I've struggled with because I I don't I don't want to sound like a foreigner speaking German but um, people can tell straight away like my husband said I just have to say one word and you can tell I'm. I'm an yeah. English speaker, so yeah. Mm. So, oh, we've no. yeah, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't know which episode it was, but we talked about how like having having an accent doesn't necessarily mean that you're not fluent in a language, and how those exactly. are like two different things. And for me personally, like even though maybe Josh and I are kind of like examples where we kind of did manage to adapt to the local accent, which is more or less. very very unusual. Actually, I have not I have not met met many Americans who mm-hmm. speak. Yeah, German English like as well as you. It's I'm talking about you know, oh, oh, not me. just no, no. I'm talking. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's very unusual for a German to not have a German accent. I yeah. think it's very very hard for them to get rid of the accent. So it's yeah. Yeah, well, thank you. But the thing is, though, like that is part that can be part of language learning. I feel like, but also at the same time, a lot of people seem to not realize that that's not a requirement to be fluent yeah. in that language you can be fluent in a language perfectly you can have the per- perfect grammar down you can have a bigger vocabulary than either of us and um, st- and be fluent but still have your Absolutely. native accent and so for me I always find that kind of sad that I feel like Germans are extreme with that in a way mm-hmm. that um, 
as soon as they hear an accent, they kind of feel like, oh, we got to help you. Like, oh, you're, yes, you can't yes. speak German. And we, I'm going to switch to English for you, which I know that they're trying to help. But I personally wish that we grew up a little bit more open minded in that regard in Germany, that we would give people the opportunity to practice their German with us rather than jumping in and just switching to English without even asking. Yes, yeah, that happens to me um, quite regularly. And I do feel like many Germans underestimate my German skills. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what, I'm, what I meant. There was, there was a new teacher at my son's kindergarten. And when I went to drop him off, she was telling me, she was chatting to me about something. And I started speaking to her in German. And she's speaking to me back with, you know, having to, with her hands. And oh. it's like, I understand everything <laughs> you're saying perfectly. Um it's I just make I, I don't like it when they but she's not meaning meaning it in a yeah she's not trying to I be know. mean or anything no but, I, um, I know it because I have that inside of me too and I don't know where it comes from I think it's just a cultural um, habit that we kind of learn as Germans because we just yes. don't have a lot of people in Germany who speak with a foreign accent it's either like you know t Turkish people or refugees or like from certain areas and I feel like we don't do it as much with them but especially with people where we can tell that they have an English accent I think we're just so used to Americans especially or British people or you know other English native speakers to not have good German skills that yes. we just automatically think oh their German must suck like they had like they learned about maybe three vocabulary lessons in school and that was it and they learned mm -hmm. about um, German schnitze and then that was it that's yes. I think yeah what no, I can totally understand that and also like in saying that I have had a great experience in Germany learning German I think mm -hmm. I feel like Germans have been so kind and so patient with me and I've been able to I've never really felt um, like I'm annoying people. I don't know. I've just, I felt it's been a great experience mm -hmm. for me personally. It's just those incidents and yeah, when, when they switch or they, they're trying to make it better and then mm. I, they realize, okay, um, you know, when they switch and their English is much worse than my German. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're trying to have this con <laughs> conversation with me in English and it's like, okay, let's switch back to German and then they realize, okay, she can speak German, just she has a bit of an accent. Oh. Yeah. But do you know what? I think the same thing, Josh, I just wanted to ask you with, yeah. you sound like a, a native German, mm -hmm. but do you sometimes feel like with the vocabulary, um, not, li not having grown up in Germany, people presume that you're a native German, but maybe you can't um, have a, Fluent conversation. Oh no, that's not the right word. Um, maybe you're you're struggling to come up with words, or I think sometimes I, I I feel like I have a bit of I feel like a bit of an imposter, and this is what I was gonna mention as well when you said like I, that you wish you could get rid of your accent. Um, I wish sometimes that I had a little bit stronger of an accent. Sometimes, not all the time. I like that I don't have a strong accent, um, but just so people could locate me and understand. Okay. He's not German. Um, he speaks good German, but he's not German. And then they would give you more grace. People. That's, exa that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. People I don't, have the same thing too. No one gets mad at me or gives me, gives me a hard time for not knowing certain words. But it's just like, especially in a work context, when I have like a work call and I'm introducing myself, especially because I also have a German last name and like they, 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 they assume yeah. I'm German. And then at some point, They'll realize, oh, wait, 
he used the wrong article or, oh, wait, like he said that really funny. Or he's like, why doesn't he use this word? He's using all of these words to describe this very simple concept. My husband didn't believe me when he, when I showed him your video. He just he said he's not American. <laughs> he, can't, he can't be. I've never, never heard of an American speaking that, so speaking I def- that well. So. I, def- I definitely get like, I, I just try to put it out there right away that I'm American. Um, yeah just to make it clear. But yeah, I, that's, that's something I do wish I had a little bit more of is um, just some, just a, maybe a slight, slightly bit uh, of a stronger accent. We talked about that on um, my channel that one time when you told the story about getting gas. Yes. When you, the first, when you were driving in Germany for the first time and you had to get gas and you didn't know how it worked and then you went yeah. over to this other lady <laughs> asking her in perfect German how this works and she was completely confused why you would ask her that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, I should have just used my American accent. Yeah. yeah. Entschuldigung. Yeah. Ich, ich weiß nicht, that would be really convenient. Um, but one question I had for you, Antoinette, was... Um, so do your kids correct your German or try to help you with your German? I mean, obviously you, you raise them speaking English, but... Yeah, um, my kids, they're just used to the way I speak. Mm-hmm. And I think they're kind of, they, don't, they don't seem to mind too much when I'm... Um, if I say something wrong or if I... Yeah, they, it's, my husband will correct me because mm-hmm. I have, I've asked him to do that. But my kids are just sort of used to it. And I think they know that everybody knows I'm the Kiwi mom. And um, it's just kind of normal for them growing up with me speaking German. Yeah. They have corrected you on your channel before, but because you asked them to. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, definitely. um, Mostly Amelia. She will will correct me once in a while. (laughs) But Mateo, he's he's Mm. normal for him. How does yeah. it feel? What does it feel like for you that your kids, of course, they also speak English natively, but what's it like not sharing that with them, that they they grow up in a country where you didn't grow up in and they have another also native language that you don't speak 100 percent or you're not 100 percent fluent? Does um, that feel weird to you? It's become so normal to me now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's like to be a mom who doesn't have children who are bilingual, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So um and it's just like you should see us at the dinner table it's just so many different languages you know two languages going on but it's um it's just our normal mm-hmm. I, I would love to I, see I can't, dinner table <laughs> I can't say that it feels weird um yeah my kids are talking to my husband in German and switching to me and speaking English and um but the good thing is I understand everything I, yeah. I don't think there's one moment where I don't understand what they're saying okay. do you know what I mean it's yeah. um so it's that really helps. I think it would yeah. be really hard if one person in the family didn't understand one of the languages. But um, so you really are like fluent in that sense, then. Well, when I say when my when my kids are speaking to my husband, I will understand. But if I'm out at a just say if it's um, complicated German and adults speaking at a party together and there's. Mm-hmm. Of course, these words that I don't understand are if I'm yeah. watching a movie. I but think when that's it's basic, normal, though. Yeah, I yeah. think that's normal. Like even for me, for example, like just today I had um, a contractor here at the at the new house, and that's the same situation. I always like to mm-hmm. slip in that I'm German because they're gonna drop all these like crazy special words about construction stuff that I might not even understand in German, and then yeah. it's in English, and I've never heard that before in my life. And then they're throwing out inches and stuff, and I'm like, wait, huh? what's that again in centimeters? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just standing there lost, and they don't realize that I'm not mm-hmm. an American because I I also don't 
say a lot except for hi how are you this is this is what I'm trying to change in the house and so I always like to kind of slip it in I'm like yeah so I'm from Germany so that they just know like just what you yes. guys said before have you ever heard of Paul Taylor he's a French comedian mm-hmm. no he's in a he's a have he's you heard English. of him Josh yeah, he's, he's, he's an English, English but he speaks perfect French yeah have you seen he, he has a Yeah, he's like you. And he actually has a video on YouTube. It's, it was one of his um, comedy performances where mm-hmm. he spoke about the subject, about how he his wife gets really like yeah. he wants he his wife wants um, him to disclose that he's English straight away because he, she doesn't want people to think he's, you know, stupid. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah. Um, It's the sort of, yeah, same kind of thing. So one thing that I really want to talk about, because I feel like it's a topic that I don't have a lot of experience with, and I, I'm always fascinated when I see that on your channel, is what is it like having kids and raising kids in Germany compared to New Zealand, and especially in your case, but also compared to like other countries? What's yeah. your experience there? Okay. Um, well, I've only ever raised my children in, in Germany. So this True. is all I know as a parent, but I have yeah. grown up in New Zealand. Yeah. And I would say um, in New Zealand, we grew up um, running around in bare feet um, and at the beach and just that sort of chilled, carefree lifestyle. Um, and my kids have grown up in these little picturesque fairy tale villages and <laughs> um, eating spaghetti ice. And, um, and so different in that sense, um, but... I don't, I don't think that my childhood was any better than my children's childhood. And it, it did take me a, a long time to sort of accept that, you know, they, they love living in Germany. They're so happy here. And this is their, this is all they know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I would say it's just a different, I think New Zealand um, is a country of 5 million. We have a population of 5 million. Mm-hmm. But the actual land mass is a similar size to Germany. So there's a lot of open space and mm-hmm. um, everyone has a huge backyard. And yeah. we have these homes that are with thin little windows and um, really badly built. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, I think that would be the main difference. Well, I, I remember that you talked about parenting styles in um, one of your videos. So would you say that you have adapted more of like a German parenting style or would you say that in a lot of situations you can kind of tell that you're handling things differently than the other German moms or that like just from your like native culture you kind of have a different approach to certain things? I think um, I've taken little aspects of German parenting that I like and I've applied that to my parenting style. And... um, I would say I, I definitely am not, I don't parent like a German, but there are definitely parts of, as I said, um, German parenting I like and I use and I, yeah. So what would that be, for example? Because I, I know I, that you talked about like helicopter parents at one point and yeah. like, um, I think you talked about German kindergarten and like that whole concept of um, having that like outdoor area at, at a kindergarten I think that was you maybe I'm getting that confused right now yeah but, no it's, um, I, I have made a video talking about that yeah the thing is with Kiwis we have this carefree attitude nothing phases us um but really um we I think German parents are even more relaxed when it comes to um letting children have independence and climbing you know I just 
climbing trees without worrying that they're going to break their neck. And, you know, I've just had this voice in my mind of my mother saying, you're going to break your neck. Like she wouldn't let me do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I, I do believe that my children are quite confident in the way I, I have really sort of stepped back a little bit and I've let them um, use a knife and fork from a very young age and I've um, let them use scissors. They learned to use scissors at kindergarten and um, I, th I think in New Zealand it's sort of considered too dangerous and you need to wait till you're a bit older and mm -hmm. so it's, yeah, I, I really don't think the relaxed Kiwi attitude is as relaxed as we are made out to be, you know, like mm -hmm. if that makes sorry, that didn't really make sense. But, no, I think um, I, I think I understand what you're saying as far as you think that you're relaxed until you meet the German parents. Yes, but that German like parents aren't relaxed in a way because everything, mm -hmm. like the children, are bundled up in their winter clothes and <laughs> they're wearing true. the right expensive boots and you have to have all the gear and um, I'm That's constantly so forking out. Do you know what I mean, Philly? One hundred percent. You have to have the gear for every single thing for like indoor Absolutely. gymnastics, outdoor like uh, gymnastics class or the amount education. of shoes that I've had to buy for my kids. Like, oh yeah, I. I like wasn't allowed. Um, so we had like in school and I think this was the same in kindergarten, but in school I went to this like Mittagsbetreuung afterwards. So kind of like yeah. an afternoon um, daycare. Like a daycare, um, thing. Yeah. 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 And um, I wasn't allowed to go out in the snow unless I brought my whole gear. And like one day my mom forgot to give me my snow pants or like my whole like overalls, um, like, snow, you know, winter yeah, jacket. Snow and suit, whatever. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to go outside and I got so mad because I was like, but it, there's hardly snow outside. Like, I still have good shoes. I can just walk through it. It's not oh, like I'm yeah. just going to roll around through the snow. But it's like what, what you said. It doesn't exactly. change. It they doesn't change. They require the gear. Yeah. Yeah, they it's do. So yeah. And it's, it has to be really good gear as well. Um, <laughs> and so in New Zealand, we've got a pair, one pair of shoes for everything. You know, it's just all you just <laughs> don't wear shoes at all. And so we're relaxed in that sense, but in other ways, we're not. So, yeah. yeah. I feel like that's kind of comparable to Americans because I would say Americans are also overall as a culture very laid back, especially compared to Germans. But I feel like especially with raising kids and some other things, um, they're not. They don't give their yeah. kids a lot of independence. They don't trust them a lot. I feel like there's not necessarily a lot of good communication between parents and kids. It's really interesting. It's not as normal here. I mean, I don't want to like judge all American parents, but just overall, I feel like in Germany, every friend I've ever asked, like their parents know everything like, you know, about, let's say, like growing up, maybe having experiences with in the love department and stuff like that, <laughs> drinking, um, even smoking and things like that. I feel like we're very open Yes. overall in Germany um, with that between parents and kids where I feel like here in the US it's really usually like oh you have yeah, to I think the doors it, open because they don't trust you I was going to say it's definitely more of an authoritarian type approach mm -hmm. of, this is my household and I'm going to know what's going on and I will have the say and it's more of a power dynamic perhaps obviously a generalization but yeah, yeah. It's Very really interesting that you brought that up, actually, because um, I've been wondering whether to talk about the subject on my YouTube channel or wondering whether it may, might be a little bit too much. But um, in New Zealand, we have a very, very high um, rate of teen suicide. It's like it's the mm. highest rate of teen wow. suicide in the developed world. Really? Which is cr it's really crazy. Yeah. I don't um, know. And, 
you'd mm. never imagine in a country like New Zealand there'd be such a high rate of teen, teen suicide. No. Um, and also just a really bad mental health situation in New Zealand, which yeah. is surprising because it seems to be this happy country where everything everyone seems not phased by anything. And um, and the, the teen suicide rate in Germany is just significantly lower. Hmm. And I think there's been a lot of um, talk of why this could be in New Zealand. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we we have to always pretend everything's great and everything's, mm-hmm. um, you don't, and I think in Germany that the fact that German parents are so direct and so, Say, they say it how it is, and they're not afraid to talk about certain difficult topics. Um, I think it's it's actually a really, really great thing. And you're not, um, I'm just wondering whether the fact that we have to pretend all the time that we're fine and mm, that we're, mm-hmm. um, has something to do with it. I don't know. It would make sense. I mean, it seems like that. The, you might be onto something there. It was yeah. just a thought I had, and I, I thought maybe that would be a good theme for a video. But um, yeah, I'd you love should. To know I def- of, you definitely should. Yeah, please. Well, I, I have to do a little bit more research. But yeah. um, no, I just found that really interesting, Philly. What you said about Germans having close a close relationship with their parents. I, I had a close relationship with my parent. I still do with my mum mm-hmm. growing up. But it's I don't know whether that's the case for everybody. Um, I think there's a lot of hiding going on, and not mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I feel like overall, and this is like a, a very big topic. I think we could make a thousand videos about this. <laughs> yes, I've uh, opened topic. up a can of worms, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, I feel like overall, <laughs> one more thing that I would like to say is that I feel like um, it, I can only speak about the U.S., of course, but I feel like it often here seems like parents and kids have a closer relationship because you ha- you see a lot of hugs. You hear a lot mm-hmm. of I love yous all the time, like yes. every time you hang up the phone. Um, I love you. I love you, too. Whereas in Germany, I don't know if you experience that with your husband's family at least in my family we don't do that all the time um with your mom i mean some parents are a little bit more that they always want their kids to say have to sleep or something like that but we don't um do those things as much so like i think on the outside it might even seem like you don't have a close relationship with your parents in germany at least maybe from an american perspective but just the trust and independence that is there i feel like is it is, is really different. interesting mm-hmm. yeah. it is very very interesting yeah and at no, least for I'm... my family like we all it's like implied that we love each other we just don't say it all you the just, time yeah you just know it um yeah. so would you would you say that you have a close relationship with your parents very close yeah 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 and i always had like they would always pick me up from like clubs when i was so in germany you can go out to the bars or like clubs like certain clubs when you're 16 so um yeah when i was 16 and 17 years old before i was allowed to really go to the big clubs at 18 um we always had to leave the club at midnight. That's like the rule. Um, They kick you out. And so my parents would pick us up from the club or like from the subway station because they were like, yeah, it's better that you don't ride your bikes home from the subway station when you're drunk. Like they would ride us, let us ride home in the middle of the night. That's like normal. They also obviously let us take the public transportation and our bikes to wherever in the city as soon as we're like nine years or 10 years old, I feel like. But um, yeah, they would just pick me up and they knew that we were drunk and they would just yeah, that ask would how it would never was. happen in in I, I shouldn't say in the u.s because that's not true but like where i'm from and like the people i know from the u.s know like you you, you hide that from your parents that's oh, not that, something that 
same here in New Zealand. Yeah. You just it wouldn't, it would happen, but they wouldn't know about it, you know? Exactly. So it's, yeah. what I mean is we, we'd be drinking and <laughs> we'd be getting up to no good, but you wouldn't share that with your parents. I, I'm, I absolutely shock my mum constantly bringing up some things that I used to get up to when I was younger. <laughs> <gasps> no, never, no. <laughs> um, so I... You know what I'd like I actually like to take that aspect of German parenting and be open and honest with my kids and yeah. I know it's it'll be hard when it gets to that point but I think it's um this is it's a really interesting topic and yeah, yeah. for sure No it is I have yeah. one more thing that comes to mind right now um is like relationships in that age too which I feel like here in the US that's not very normal but in Germany when you have a boyfriend or girlfriend at the age of 16 or 17 around that age It's pretty common that you stay the night with each other. And so obviously yeah. at that time you still live at home. So for me and all of my other friends, like at the age of, as I said, 16, 17, you're pretty much treated like an adult. And my boyfriend would stay the night all the time, sometimes even during school nights. And we would just go to school together. And, and it do was you pretty, think, is that a common, does that happen? It's very common. Like you would just be in school and like, or on the weekend, for example, you would party together or something and everyone would ask so where are you guys staying tonight it's kind of like an adult relationship like are you guys staying at your place or, or his place tonight um, mm -hmm. or even during school like sometimes you know one of my friends would come in and be like oh yeah shit I forgot my whatever um A book for a German book or whatever uh, because I stayed at my boyfriend's night last night and that was pretty normal and, it's just and completely parents normal are, and acceptable yeah parents and do you know are, I like I like that and now that you've said that so many Germans have close relationships with their with their parents I think it makes sense because they feel they if you have to feel if you feel like you have to constantly hide everything then it's mm -hmm. not I think it's yeah I, not I particularly healthy exactly exactly mm -hmm. And of course, because I know that the comments are going to come, that's not the case in every German family. I think I remember yes. one friend. So one of my female friends, she wasn't allowed to stay with her boyfriend until she was 18. I remember that. But that was really an exception. And that was like a thing that we talked about with her. She was like, yeah, she was kind of upset about it. That was she from a Christian wouldn't. family, maybe? I actually don't remember if they were Christian because I feel like not a lot of families are religious anymore in, in Germany. So... I don't think she was, but maybe they were religious and I didn't know about it or something. But yeah, mm -hmm. of course, it's not the case in every family. Disclaimer. Yes. <laughs> but overall, that's my experience growing up in Munich. <laughs> maybe. So just starting to wrap it up, because I know we've been talking for a oh, while. Yeah. <laughs> I I have one question, one last question for you, Antoinette. And Go for I don't it, know, Philly, if you have any other questions, but what is if anything do you have like in your household or do you try to do in your home and with your family that is typical kiwi that like you try to hang on to and in impart in, in into your children and into your family culture is there anything like that definitely christmas i like to mm -hmm. we def we do the christmas eve um german ce celebration but then we also have our christmas morning because that was a big part of my childhood mm -hmm. you know it, it's similar in the states um yeah waking up and opening the presents and yeah. so what what we do is the presents from um oma and opa and um as my sister-in-law they the kids open them on christmas eve mm -hmm. and then the presents from Santa and from us uh, in the morning. And so mm -hmm. we do that. And yeah, we like to have a Christmas lunch as well. And so mm -hmm. we, we just do both. Um, so there's that, but I'm sure there's a lot of aspects of um, Kiwi culture that um, my kids 
experience every day, but I just, I just can't think at the top of my head, but that's okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that I, we do do the Christmas thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would have loved having like a New Zealand or American kind of Christmas as a kid because I feel like you always see it um, as a German kid on like in the media, TV yeah. shows, movies, mm-hmm. and you're always jealous of these kids because you think that their traditions <laughs> are so much cooler than your own. Yeah. <laughs> so your well, it was both. the same with me having Christmas. We have Christmas in summertime in New Zealand. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I always I forget was, about that. Yeah, which is my husband. Oh my goodness, struggled so badly with that. <laughs> Um, so and also we, we went to New Zealand at Christmas and I, I struggled with it too because I was like, it doesn't feel like Christmas. Like, what's going on? I was missing Germany over Christmas. German um, weather. Yes, I was. Um, and so we, but we still have the Santa Claus with the wearing the snowsuit and everything. So it's, yeah. Do kids ever question that? Because that doesn't even seem to make yeah, sense. Yeah, we did at school, but we just kind of accepted it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's because That's he's funny. also he also has to go to all the cold regions. And then yeah. Yeah. it doesn't so make sense for just... him to change. Yeah. <laughs> Show up in his swimsuit. Hey, come on. Santa can change according to the weather. If the Germans can have a million shoes as a child, Santa can have a million different shoes. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I think this is a great way to wrap it up, but I, I do have one more question, actually, and I, I just no thought problem. about not I'm, asking it. I'm happy but, to answer yeah, anything. I really do want to ask it. I feel like I have so many questions about New Zealand because I really don't know about that mm-hmm. country. And, like, I know that some people, Germans, as you said, go there for, like, work and travel and things like that, but... I feel like I just never really sat down with another person and talked about New Zealand like that. So you said, obviously, you guys have a lot of space. So is it kind of similar to um, the U.S. where, like, everything is huge in New Zealand? And, like, what I'm trying to ask, I guess, is did you have these typical American culture shocks as well, where, like, when you came to Europe, everything was just so much smaller and you don't drive everywhere and you have this public transportation? Or not, would you say that New Zealand is also somewhat European in that sense? Not not so much. I, mm-hmm. I had culture shock. When I say culture shocks, when I went to the U.S., it was nothing traumatic or anything. It was just mm-hmm. I, I could I could relate to the to the American culture far more than I could relate to the German culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the, the sheer size of everything in the States was a culture shock for me. And okay. so we, um, you know how, you know, you talk about the big glasses and the ice and all of that kind of thing. It's, I think New Zealand is probably similar to Germany in the sense that not everything is massive and XXL. Oh, really? and Yeah. Even though but you I guys have all that space and you're kind of, I feel like since you're kind of cut off, I would think that maybe people buy in bulks and maybe they have to go long distances to go to the store and want to buy in bulks. Or is that not really the case? Or do you usually have a grocery store where you live? It depends. Um, with I, live, I come from a city, so I think yeah. it's, we, we've got, we've got everything you know it's um it's just not huge you know it's um Mm -hmm. lots of supermarkets and it's yeah it's um so the stores are more german sized too would you say the stores would be more german but we we have pack and save which is a massive supermarket so i'd say it it would be in between probably the, Mm -hmm. the united states and germany yeah interesting see now i feel like an ignorant person asking all these questions but i genuinely don't know not a lot of people know about New Zealand unless you've mm-hmm. been there or you've, yeah, actually decided to research. Yeah, I wouldn't really know how to picture, like, 
New Zealand streets or stores or something yeah. like that. I would kind of assume and that it's here. probably somewhat similar to Australia. Um, I don't Quite know. Quite similar. Still- we have a lot of greenery in New Zealand. It's a lot greener mm-hmm. um, and just very beautiful just unique landscape. And if you've seen Lord of the Rings, it's- um, I was gonna say, that's what I think of. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's, it is beautiful, but not not all of New Zealand. Like those are the best parts that you see on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. At least with Australian culture, I kind of have a few, I remember a few TV shows where I can have references to because usually on media, most of the things are American. Like all, all the Hollywood movies are usually set in the US. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if I can think of like a show or movie that's set in New Zealand. I'm sure there is something maybe apart, just apart from the lord of the rings i guess yeah, yeah. Um, have you heard of flight of the concords they're a um, comedy they're quite big in the in the states I um i haven't heard of it pretty hilarious you, <laughs> you have to check them out but um what is it flight of the concords flight of the concords it's just two okay. kiwi guys who um they do a lot of comedy shows in america and i okay. think americans yeah. quite like them they have your classic kiwi humor uh-huh. um but um yeah, no, I can understand that. I know a lot of people are curious about New Zealand and don't know a lot about New Zealand. Yeah, like but, I, would um, watch... I would say culturally, it's New Zealand is very similar to Australia because okay. I lived in Melbourne mm. for a couple of years and I uh, it was okay. nothing to move there. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It's culturally very similar to Australia. Probably mm. like for a German to move to Austria or something like that. I would or an assume. American yeah. to Canada. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I would watch, um, what was it? The Sleepover Club, I think, was an Australian show. Or at least that was the German title of it. I don't know if it had a different <laughs> title in the original. And then um, H2O, I think, was Australian. That okay. It may have been after your time. You're a, a few years older than me, I think. <laughs> a lot older. Are, no, I don't think you're that much older. How I'm 36. 36. Okay. I'm t- okay, I'm 27. So it's like okay. <laughs> nine years. But um, no, H2O was like this mermaid show. Um <laughs> three girls that are, turn into mermaids but never they touch water. I don't, I don't know that I'm too old. <laughs> it was pretty big. I, I think it was also big in the US to be honest. Um but no Possibly. and the sleepover club that those were like the two shows that were on German TV that took were set in Australia. So that's where I get most of my Australia references to because I've yeah. also never been to Australia either. <laughs> I don't really know of any other shows or anything that is um Kiwi per se Besides Lord of the Rings, and then people just making fun of the accent. Yeah, <laughs> such a weird accent. Such I, chups. I, I, I can hear it. <laughs> I um I can hear it myself, but it's it's yeah. weird, especially I, in contrast to your accent. You know, I I've can't help it. <laughs> I can't change I, it. <laughs> I, I love it. the accent and like I've said this before when we talked about um, dialects when we did the dialect guessing episode mm-hmm. um, there's a YouTuber from New Zealand who was really big for a while her name is uh, Jamie Curry and her YouTube channel yes, was called yeah. Jamie's World mm-hmm. and I would watch her a lot she was also big on Facebook at the time she's from my hometown as well Yeah, really yeah yeah. and so um, I would always watch her videos and love her accent and that's when I was like a teenager or something so I think that's also how I kind of it, it grew on me when I was yeah. young that when you first <laughs> heard it I'm sure you would have thought that's really really it was really hard for me to understand at first because like that was at a time where I didn't consume a lot of English media per se and if I did it was usually American English and so I think that was the first person that ever really tried to understand the whole video with her New Zealand accent was probably good practice (laughs) yeah Um, can I just ask a quick question yeah when it comes when you were learning um fairly when you were learning English could you 
distinguish between an American accent and a Canadian and an Australian and a British accent because my husband struggled with that at the beginning. Really? I would definitely yeah. say British and American, yeah, 100%. Um, like from the beginning because we learn British pronunciation in the beginning and in a lot of cases we're already kind of used to American pronunciation though from just songs and then they correct it like they tell us oh you, it's can't not can't and okay. things like that so they correct us in that in school so I think we were all very aware of British versus American also with spelling they would only allow us to spell it the British way okay. I think up until like 10th grade or something and then they got more chill with it um, but then I think growing up to me, like an Australian accent always sounded more similar to a British accent. And I don't think I could have um, distinguished it necessarily. And a Canadian okay. accent. No, I think that would have just sounded American to me. Yes. Well, I, I even struggle with it. So I yeah, struggle with I it. <laughs> I mean, okay, you the, even do. <laughs> I was going to say the only times that you can really tell if someone's really Canadian is the pronunciation of the O-U. If, yes. So if they say they host and, or a boat instead of house or about. But yeah. I was I was also going to say, I mean, I still struggle sometimes. I think I've gotten significantly better at it, uh, at distinguishing between Kiwi and Australian. Well, um, I even struggle sometimes when I was living in Melbourne. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the odd vowel that's different. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it is quite similar. Yeah. That makes depending me feel on where, no, <laughs> <laughs> It depends on where in Australia the person yeah. is from. But if it's yeah. sort of Melbourne, Sydney, it's, it's subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I feel like we could keep talking forever. Yes, we definitely could. <laughs> too. So many subjects. But I think for now we should wrap it up. Maybe you and I, Antoinette, we can do something on our YouTube channels in the future and kind of... Would love to do that. Dive deeper. I said that earlier too, Josh. I don't know what's wrong with you Di- today. Dive, dive deeper. Dive deeper <laughs> into one of these specific topics, maybe. It would um, be but great. I think, I think for now we need to wrap it up because this episode is already really long. Yeah. But thank You'll you have to so cut much. It down. Yeah, thank you so much for um, being on this podcast with us today, Antoinette. And I also think that I need to do some editing here because we all talked at the same time so much. <laughs> it's just hard with thank Zoom. You so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, yes. it's been amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we were super happy to have you. So thank you, Antoinette. Um, so happy for to be me, here. It was so, so interesting to hear your perspective on things. So um, yeah, right. glad that Likewise. you were able to join us. I agree. And Um, of course, we're going to put your YouTube channel and um, your Instagram and what else? I don't know if you have any other links, but we're going to put it all (laughs) in the info box on YouTube and in the show notes on the streaming platforms on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And to all of you who just listened or watched, um, of course, you can ask a question in the YouTube comments or, of course, you can also go to Antoinette's YouTube channel, maybe ask her a question on there if you have any follow-up questions. Absolutely. And if you want to support us, you can subscribe um, give us a thumbs up on YouTube subscribe also or follow I guess is what it's called on Apple Podcast and on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram at Understanding Train Station um, you can email us at understandingtrainstation at gmail.com you can support us on Patreon patreon.com slash understandingtrainstation and you can buy us a drink on buymeacoffee.com slash UTS podcast I'm- you would think that's the first time you've ever said any of this Bailey <laughs> It was very impressive. I was, I was, I was um, really concentrating to get it all right because I feel like we screw it up almost every time we say it. It was amazing. <laughs> so true. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And thanks, Antoinette, once again for being My here. Pleasure. And yes. we'll be back Thursday in two weeks. 
Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Tschüss. Is there Ciao. like a Kiwi specific uh, way of saying goodbye? Not really. Take care, uh, okay. guys. Or <laughs> see you later. Okay, Hang loose. Tschüss. See you. See ya. Bye. Okay. Hang loose. <laughs> Hang loose. <laughs> <So horrible. laughs>